FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 162 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your host, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Well, you know. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, I've eaten a couple cheeseburgers. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm really not eight months pregnant. Right. I just ate a lot. Wah, wah. Pregnancy sympathy. Mm, yeah. Anyway, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. I've said multiple times on this very podcast. Yes. That I was sure The Secret Wars number nine out of eight would have Old Man Logan in it. Uh-huh. So I was all geared up for this episode to be our last Secret Wars update. Uh-huh. Update, update. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. Follow your cues. <laughs> and then Secret Wars number nine out of eight came out and... No Old Man Logan? Nope. All this big, like, everybody versus Doom fight that all these tie-ins... Like, several tie-ins ended with a splash page. Uh, Secret Wars tie-ins, mind you. Ended with this splash, like a double-page splash of, like, all the heroes banded together to fight God Doom. And? So I fully expected that is how Secret Wars would end. And? Now, I will say... Well, first of all, I'll say it didn't. (laughs) Okay. But I'm okay because it was a great ending. It was a great last issue, a great series, one of the best events that Marvel's had in a long time. Okay. So I forgive them, but they made me out to be a liar. Well, no, that you didn't lie. You tried to foresee something you could not foresee. <laughs> Story of my life. Story of my life. We don't know the rest of this song. Nor will we ever. <laughs> I only know that part because I have a nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <I think> Sorry. <laughs> pregnancy humor. <laughs> She's laughing way too hard. She's about to die. She's turning into red. Oh, I think I see a foot popping out. Sorry. I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> I don't either. Oh, we're just going to laugh for 10 minutes. Great podcasting. You all laugh along with us. Just laugh. <laughs> Give a good guffaw. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. Moving on. <laughs> oh, you want me to snort? I will not edit that out. No, you can't. I'm about to have to uh, Heimlich you. Heimlich. Okay. okay. I'm good. Anyway. Oh, I can't breathe. I'm going to move on. You go ahead and keep laughing. Um, I, I think the listeners are probably going to get a, a little, feel this is a little tedious. Um, or maybe they're laughing with us. I don't know. This is podcast gold. Uh, 
Okay. So instead of covering the end of Secret Wars, we're going to talk about all the Wolverine-related books for the first half of January. Okay. Which will be three comics. We have All-New Wolverine number four, All-New X-Men number three, and Extraordinary X-Men number five. And that is what we'll do. So, are you ready to talk about some comics now? <laughs> have you have you regained your composure? I think so. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. All right. Everybody has recovered. We're all ready to talk about some comics. And first up, we're going to talk about all new Wolverine number four. This is written by Tom Taylor. Art by David Lopez and David Navarro. Colors by Nathan Fairbairn. And letters by VCs Corey Pennant. Woohoo! Production design by Manny Medeiros and cover art by Bingle. And on the cover, we have Doctor Strange and Wolverine and maybe it's just in light of recent events. But I kind of feel like the the good doctor and our Wolverine are uh, dancing to a David Bowie song. Oh, I thought Doctor was uh, giving the UT hook em horns. Oh, uh, yeah, the thumb in for that. Oh. If anything, it's rock hands, but even that usually has a thumb. Or Spider Man. Yes, it's a thwip. It's a thwip hand. Yeah, no, they look like they're uh, they look like they're grooving, moving and grooving. All right, I can kind of see that. And you got the light show in the back. It's like they're at a, at a superhero dance club. Oomch, 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 oomch. Is Dazzler on stage? <laughs> oh, let us pray not. Oh. <laughs> right? You know, I just, but I think it's a pretty cool cover. You like it? Eh. Yeah, okay. I I okay. I don't like the digital version. I like your floppy version. Well, that's bright. Yeah, it's like glow in the dark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like your kid's new nightlight. And the iPad is backlit to a degree, so. Yeah. It's kind of a common common theme we've discovered, talking about certain art, certain color jobs. All right. So to catch everybody up to speed, remember that uh, Wolverine is kind of rescued some of her clones from Alchemax and is trying to figure out what's going on and turns out that they're slowly dying. Their body is uh, degenerating and so they've come to Doctor Strange for help. And that's where we pick up. So we're in the Sanctum Sanctorum and uh, the clones are kind of hanging around and (laughs) I thought this was really fun. It, so, it reminded me of Harry Potter. Yeah, it has a little Harry Potter feel yeah. to it. So like the one of the girls is, is getting creeped out and mad because the furniture is, is winking at her. <laughs> and uh, they're all kind of freaking out because the house is kind of freaky. <sighs> Gabby says, why does it rain on one side and not the other? Yeah, well, out of one window and not right. the other. Like the window right next to it is bright. And she's like, the cupboard just winked. The cupboard. Cupboard? Cupboard. Right? Yeah, yeah. All right. The cupboard just winked at me. It doesn't have a face, but I know it winked at me. Inanimate objects shouldn't wink. And then, of course, Doctor Strange comes in and is like, well, you know, sometimes they do. <laughs> but don't mind me. I just performed an exorcism. Right. And uh, Gabby with her funky leggings is like, that's a weird sentence. So Doctor Strange uh, says he wants to help Wolverine, but that these, uh, her friends seem kind of dangerous. Bet you didn't know that they were dangerous. Um, anyway, he uses the all-seeing eye of Agamotto to look into them. Gabby is super innocent, and she has a little pink blob for an aura. Uh, she's fundamentally good. 
the middle one, uh, Zelda, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, not so good. She has a bluish purple hazy aura. And then, <laughs> and then Baloney has <laughs> a fire in her aura. And I like this line. Dr. Strange says, and this one doesn't like me judging her and is thinking of creatively brutal ways to murder me. Hmm. And then so so we get this thing where Laura smiles really big. It's like, will you help us? <laughs> and Dr. Strange basically pulls her aside. And then we get another kind of really cool scene where he talks about his relationship with Wolverine. They even have a picture that I think is from an old... I don't think it's Marvel Comics Presents, but it's around that era, mid-90s, early 90s. And it's Doctor Strange with Wolverine and Darkhawk and someone else to the side. So he's got it hanging up. Does this help you? Oh, so Nomad. I still don't know who the, the person in the very back is, right under Doctor Strange's, or next to his cheek. But I remember this cover. So, and we'll get there eventually in the flashbacks. Flashback! Anyway, I like what Dr. Strange says. He says, your father was, well, he helped me more than he hindered. And on more than one occasion, Logan was the only thing that has stood between us and oblivion. However, he was fiercely protective. Often, blindly so. You are your father's daughter. He basically says, are you sure? Like, I know you mean well, but are you, are you protecting the right people? And then they kind of have a stare off, and what does she say? She says, I think you should take a look at me with that thing. I yeah. love that. I thought that was, yeah, it was really cool. We get a nice uh, full page. Uh, the, the layout of this page by uh, Mr. Lopez is really cool. It's like the eye in the center. Right. And kind of, you know, the mystical eye and, and kind of a circle around it. And then it breaks off into angular panels, and it shows just a bunch of dark scenes from Laura's past. You know, her burning down the place when she escaped, killing one of her, I think one of her trainers, her cutting herself in her cell when she killed her quote-unquote mother, the woman that raised her, a berserker rage, and then when she was um, forced to do some uh, pretty dark things as a young woman, um, which I'm going to have to go back and read some of the NYX stuff but the, the guy that I'm assuming is supposed to be her pimp in this picture looks a lot, maybe it's just the height difference, but it looks a lot like Creed. It does. I don't remember if that's part of that story or not, or if the guy, if it's just a big blonde guy, which is very possible as well. But anyway, she basically, basically says that I've done bad things and, and bad people have done things to me. I would like to say this is a very cool panel. Like it's a very well-drawn panel. But I think the colors ruin it. You think so? I think because it's so bright. And not that what's going on is cheery. But like it doesn't set a mood for the fact that these are very dark periods in her life. Because the colors are slightly oversaturated. and And you know they use monotoned and these bright oranges and whatnot. But it brings this air of like see look what I did. I can see that. And that bit. doesn't I th- I think fit they the were mood. Going for with the red and the orange to show the violence, but I, but I get your point. I, it is definitely bright. Well, and what I also don't get is when he looked at the girls. The girls were all black and white, and what was behind them was in color. 
and had... Well, he was actually looking at their aura, I think. And this one, he's actually seeing, like, scenes from her, her past. Yeah, I kind of, I felt like there was a disconnect. I would have preferred okay. that there would have been some black and white with color interjected to show something else or right. even just just dark and muddy up the tones so that that feeling of these are the darkest periods of her life. I mean, even on the other page, those are all dark the tones. The colors are more muted in, in quote-unquote real life than they are when, with the eye of Agamotto. But maybe the eye of Agamotto was technicolor. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. But I knew really that the face of her after what I'm assuming was when she killed some people with her trigger scent. Love that face. Oh, it's a great face. But that's actually the only panel that yeah. I feel like really sets the mood and all the rest are a little too cheery. Okay. I mean, I, even when she's with her pimp, you know, these... These hues of purple are just, they're too bright. It almost makes it look like, look, it's our, it's our prom night picture. <laughs> or they're waiting in line to get into a club. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I think your criticism is fair. That said, I still really love the pitch. And then we get, so, you know, one of the things that, that I've talked about with, with you on the show, and then also with, with Dan from uh, the Inner Comics podcast, too, we'll hear a little bit from here in a little bit, is how I feel like, Tom Taylor is really in just well now four issues, but when I when I previously talked just in three issues and including this fourth one, has really without beating us over the head, like using the story, has really done a great job of showing us both the similarities and the differences between Laura and Logan. I agree to that. And I uh, hear he uses Doctor Strange to kind of give us some more. Because Doctor Strange is like, um, wow, to come from there, to be able to hold all of that back, there's so much rage in you, but you are not your father. You can control it, channel it. It's actually a little scary. I love that line. Yeah, I do too. And then we get a little panel that where Tom Taylor also kind of, uh, I won't say he's trolling um, some of the internet commenters, but even if he is, it's okay because it's a great panel. Because Doctor, you know, I'll be Doctor Strange, and you be you be Wolverine. Okay. No, vice versa. We won't be genderist here on this podcast. You okay. be Doctor Strange, I'll be Wolverine. Okay. Are you gonna do it in a lady Wolverine voice? No, I'm gonna do my regular Wolverine voice. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you be British. Okay. Oh gosh, I can't. Well, uh, Cumberbatch is gonna play him in the movie, so you gotta, you gotta. Got to cockney it up. You're the right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. Just just be okay. yourself. <laughs> You're the right person to replace Logan. I know there are people who disapprove. Guys on the internet mainly, <laughs> but I'm not replacing him. I don't really know what I'm doing yet. All I know is while I'm wearing this, he isn't gone, and neither am I. I'm Laura Kinney. I'm X-23, and I'm Wolverine. I I thought it was nice, but I also did think it was a stab. Like, oh, shut definitely. the front door. <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> like, you know, and the only people who... Can, but I I will say... Now, granted, I don't go out and read a lot of articles, and I certainly never read the comment sections where probably most of this garbage is found. But just talking to people about this book, I've heard, by and large, not not 100%, but mostly really positive things about about Laura being Wolverine now, about where this kind of the direction this series has taken. 
I mean, obviously, there, there's mixed bags as far as specifics like the art and dialogue and whatever. But but overall, I've mostly seen positive responses. But I like that Taylor's like, oh, yeah, well, everyone likes this except for some some guys on the Internet who are griping that, you know, Wolverine's a girl. <laughs> well, when you... It's funny because there are people in this world that literally post stuff on the Internet just to complain about it. I saw some ladies rant about a Target post because the lady in front of her used 20 Target bags to wrap her ceramic plates. Okay. And she went on a tirade and... The planet did die after that. Well, it was funny because apparently she griped to the clerk and the clerk said, well, it's policy that we wrap these so that they don't get broken. And the woman goes, why didn't she bring her own bags? (laughs) I was like... That's between her and her bags. Well... (laughs) Yeah, some people are just, they're crazy like that. Yeah. We recycled, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so Dr. Strange says that, that Logan, Logan would be proud. <laughs> Wolverine says, yeah, but he had pretty low standards. <laughs> <laughs> and she basically, he, she explains the situation with the clones. Then we hear some gunshots. And, um... Maloney got tired of the the cupboard making faces at her, so she shot it. Okay. Shooting at inanimate objects (laughs) is just one level below crazy. (laughs) And uh, Dr. Strange is like, no, you broke the seal. You went to the bathroom and now you'll pee all night. (laughs) (laughs) She's pregnant? (laughs) I always think of, um, when I was in my 20s, just kind of going out, and there there was one of my friends, Nicole, you always talked about breaking the seal. And the, the goal was that you, you're out drinking and you wait as long as you possibly can to go pee. Because once you break the seal, it's over. Like you're peeing every 20 minutes. <laughs> Your friend had problems. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Anyway. But yeah, so that's, that's what this reminded me of. But anyway, it turns out the cupboard was a doorway. A doorway to what, you ask? Dr. Strange looks over his shoulder. Horrors. Horrors. <laughs> I love Gabby's response. She's like, what? Who keeps a doorway to horrors in a living room? Couldn't you hang a picture or something? Then he pulls out a magic axe. And a giant, wicked-looking troll creature hops out. With, like, snakes for tongues. Like, yeah, like glowworms. Yeah. For tongues. And he's got nasty teeth. And he's got nice hair. Yeah. Looks like he conditioned it. Yeah. He, gets he his, or she, it. Yeah. He gets a nice haircut every once yeah. in a while. You know, it kind of reminds me of, oh, what was it? What was that cartoon? It reminds me of. With a, the space barbarian and the 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 triceratops, but it wasn't a triceratops because it only had one horn and it shot rocks out of its horn. What? Yeah. Was it Blastar? Is that what it was called? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, you're making crap up now. Almighty Google. Please answer our prayers about 80s cartoons. It looks like a cross between a sloth and one of those... No, uh, Blastar's DC. Anyway, go ahead. A sloth and a what? The, uh, those troll-looking things on Lord of the Rings. What are they Ogres? called? Ogres? Yeah. Or orcs. Orcs. What is it? Yeah. Orcs. Looks like a cross between an orc and a sloth. I can see that. Definitely. Anyway. Oh, the Herculoids, I think. You made that up. Nope. Oh, that's not what I'm thinking of, though. 
That's the dinosaur. Where's the? So while Jason's looking it up, there's a guy that looked like a, a Wookie, kind of. But did you have a dream about this? No. Because it really does sound like one of your weird dreams that you would like bark at at night. A rock ape, um, Triceratops. I guess no, he wasn't in this cartoon. There was there was some like Hanna Barbera or whatever cartoon that had a guy that looked was like a knockoff Chewbacca. I mean, obviously, but he looked a little bit different, and he had kind of this guy's posture and kind of had the hair kind of like him. Um, anyway, and he shot rocks out of his horn. No, 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 no. That was the tri- the dinosaur dude. I thought it was the same cartoon, but I don't think it is because I found the the rock shooting guy. And he was one of the Herculoids and the uh, the space barbarian. Do you live in, in space? Well, they're on different planets. Anyway, the beast is, it, it gets loose. Doctor Strange says, he has to close the gateway. Y'all take care of the creature. Here's my axe. And I love how he says, well, all you need to know is it has sharp edges. You're Wolverine. You'll figure it out. So they try shooting it. Um, War cuts off. Wolverine cuts off his hand with the axe, and he, he bleeds slime. Um, I like that the clones are concerned about the civilians, so they try to get people to safety. Doctor Strange comes and stops it with a spell, and then we have one of my favorite panels of the book that'll probably be the image for this this podcast, and it is Wolverine jumping behind the thing with the axe with, like, classic action lines, and um, she chops that bad boy in the head, and with a shuck, and kills it. And I like how Gabby gets crushed under it. <laughs> Help! Yeah. And then, um, turns out Zelda is, uh, is dying. Somehow in the fight, she got mortally wounded. And Doctor Strange teleports them all to the hospital. And puts on his doctor clothes. And basically does, goes to give her an MRI. <laughs> for the most part. I like it because they're, they're setting her up. And he's like, alright, well it's time to get out. Radiation. And Laura's like, um, she just kind of stares at him. And like, oh yeah, healing factor. So Laura, I really like this. Laura stays there with Zelda while she's getting uh, imaged. And she holds her hand and like tries to comfort her. And um, they kind of have a bonding moment. Um, and Zelda talks about how how hard it is to watch each other die. You know, the, the, Laura saw one of the other sisters die in Paris. Remember, remember from issue one? Right. And she talks about how, you know, there were a bunch of them. And some of them died on missions. Some of them died while training. Some of them just died in the cell because of what happened to them. And um, just how that's the re- that's when they decided to bust loose. They wanted to die on their own terms. Which I thought, you know, is very respectable. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a good motive. And Wolverine does something here that we'll kind of come back to. She promises Zelda that everything will be okay. So then um, another doctor comes up. Uh, Baloney and Gabby are guarding the doors. And he's like, um, who are y'all? Y'all can't be in here. I'm calling security. And Baloney almost stabs him through the hand. But Gabby intervenes. She plays the cute card. You know, I'm a cute little girl. And uh, the doctor's like, oh, okay. And he kind of just walks off. <laughs> That's weird. The part was kind of weird, yeah. Okay, you're cute. You're little. I'll let you pass. Yeah. I mean, we've had no indication that any of these are mutants of any kind. Well, I mean, I guess they are, but I don't know. Because they're clones. 
Amora. Yeah, but okay, let, let me ask you. And they you. don't have her power, so I don't know. If you were working in your office building. You know, my, my, I was going to say, because Dawkin, Wolverine's son, can kind of sway people's feelings oh, with pheromones. Okay. But I don't think that's what's going on here. I think, th- I think they're literally just saying she's so innocent and so cute. And this guy was like, all right, well, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure you're, you know, fine. Weird. Yeah, strange. Um, so anyway, Dr. Strange uses the MRI to say that there are tiny clusters around the brain um, and that they're moving. So they're probably nanotech. They're far too small and too numer- numerous for him to operate on. And she has days or hours. I like this. And Wolverine's like, no, I promised. And Dr. Strange is like, well. Probably shouldn't have done that. Um, it's beyond magic and medicine. And uh, basically he says, I got to go uh, gotta go take care of some other magic stuff. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you can turn to science. I have a friend, Bill Nye, the science guy. No, but um, he teleports Wolverine and the clones. And they're going to steal something from Dr. Pym's lab. And it's an Ant-Man suit. Uh-huh. So we're going to get Tiny Wolverine next issue. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't sound stoked. No, I'm not. <laughs> Microverse flashbacks. Oh, my goodness. From Paul, this, this, Paul Cornell's Wolverine run. This book jumped the shark. I'm sorry. I don't think so. Yes, it did. No, no, no. Yes. The whole microverse. I'm going to shrink tiny and go into her body and battle. It's just like what we just saw. We're catching up on our our CWDC shows, and we, so we've been watching not this current season, but the the last season of Flash and Arrow. Right. And there's the, there's the episode where Ray sends the nanites into his body to, to heal a blood, blood clot. clot. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Oh, okay, we just. I, you, I, you know why I didn't like your it? Displeasure, so I wasn't sure. The reason why I didn't like it is because it's like, no offense, but there are little things that happen in the show, and they're like, there's nothing we can do about it. And then this, you know, they they go to Ray and they say, you have a blood clot that we can't operate on it, which is a true, you know, it happens statement. And he's like, oh, I got these nano thingies. They can go in there and, you know, Heal me right up. It's like, no. Like, you screwed up. Deal with it. Right. Come up with something else. But, right. well, let's yeah. not, we'll, we'll, we can focus more on, on what we do or don't like about this when it actually happens next issue. Well, let's okay. talk about this issue. Didn't like the art. Really? Yes. I did not like the way Laura and the clones were drawn. Okay, I'm there still are certain it. Panels, I don't feel like it's really changed that much. There are certain panels that I think are great, and then there are other panels that I'm like, no. they These panels look thrown together. The only thing I wasn't wild about is like, for example, the one where she smiles really big. There's some kind of anime faces. Yeah. I think that's just, just his style, and I don't, I can't critique it too much. It's not my favorite, necessarily. Well, Overall, I, really, I thought the monster looked great. I thought... There are scenes like when they're in the hospital and yeah. she's pushing the gurney. If you got rid of her hair, it's Wolverine. Yeah. So, which is okay, but if we're trying to separate Laura as her own separate identity, 
from Wolverine. I don't know. It was just, it didn't work for me. Really? See, I, I've been on the opposite page. One of the things I really loved is how much they've drawn her more like Wolverine. Well, no, I, okay. Because in the last time we, we talked about this, I agreed. I like the fact that they drew her smaller in stature. They gave her an athletic build. I agree to all of that. But I don't know. In this one, I just kind of feel like everything was overly loosey-goosey. Huh. And it just, it wasn't, and pretty's the wrong word. It just didn't feel like the, the artistry was fleshed out. I feel enough. like more time was spent on the monster than the main characters. Okay, I disagree, but that is that is a valid opinion. I thought, you know, with a few facial expressions besides, um, aside is the word I was looking for there. Uh, and the one where she, she asked Doctor Strange to look at her with the eye, I thought was a great panel, a great facial oh, expression. this is a great face. But then, like, and that one's a great face. But let's go back to the beginning. Well, I mean, yeah, you have the one where Gabby is talking about the rain and it's super anime looking. Yeah, and but this one's okay, but it's not great. Then that one's not great at well, all. That one's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we may just have a this like that's horrible. I don't think it's that bad. I don't like it. All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah, overall, I actually really enjoyed the art. I feel like it's pretty much the same as it has been the previous three issues. That every now and then she has a little bit too much Angelina and Joey lit, but other than that, yeah. I think the art's really good. Okay, well, so what do you think of the story? We're eh. going to be very different on we this We are going to be very different. <laughs> I did not enjoy this at all. Okay. All right, what, what did you not like about it? Because you've been digging this book. I have. I just, I don't... So what changed for you? I think for me is before this book, it was Laura trying to help them and trying to find out what's killing them. Mm -hmm. This book, I kind of felt like we still have that going on, but now she's like, it's like my three dads or whatever. Like she's running around. Don't shoot this. Don't do that. I have to save you. I have to wipe your butt. I have to do this. I have to do that. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. I just kind of feel like, She's playing nursemaid and not a very good job of it because that's not what she does. And so you did not either find or appreciate the sense of humor in this book, in this issue. I guess not. Okay. Uh, I kind of felt like it was that, what was, what's the story of like, oh, what's that movie? Um, has Ted Danson and Tom Selleck. Oh, three men and a baby. Yes. That's what it, that... You know, when you're in a movie and you're like, these three guys that know nothing about, you know, motherhood. Right. It's almost like, let's let's put X-23 in a situation where she's got like, you know, <laughs> three grown up, but yet act like tween children. Okay. And I just didn't enjoy it. Oh, so, I, I like this issue a lot. I, of course, I've been digging one of my favorite post-Secret Wars uh, series has been the new Doctor Strange book. Much to my surprise, I, you know, if you've heard me talk before, when we, you know, I usually refer to Doctor Strange as the Yahoo in the magic pajamas. Right. Um, I'm not a fan. But the new series by uh, Aaron and Bacallo is fan flippantastic. And I felt like this is kind of more of the same in this issue. I really 
enjoyed kind of the lighter tone this issue was very very fun but it still had hints of darkness to it and i don't know this just this hit on all the right levels for me so let's go to some of our we have actually quite a bit of listener response on this one let's start with uh, dan see what he has to say so he had some thoughts he had dan cole from uh, inner comics podcast in case you weren't sure is uh he said this he said seeing laura with Doctor Strange is a delight. Hopefully this is the first step in making her a legitimate member of the MU, Marvel Universe, and not just an X character. I really hope when he calls the clones, you'll like this too, I think. He says, The sass clones were cute and brought a few smiles, but the miserable one is an annoying trope. Yes. Strange was pitch perfectly weird, just a great guest appearance. Artistically, the line work is solid and really emotes the characters. The color work keeps it all vibrant. And uh, Dan gave this issue five out of six claws. Wow, Dan, that was really high. (laughs) It gets better. So, Dan, first of all, thank you for sending that in. I really appreciate, as always, having your thoughts. And I agree. I, I think delight is the right word for Doctor Strange's appearance here. It just... It was fun, it was funny, and it was it was kind of magic light. <laughs> like, we had a monster come out of a magic cover, but there wasn't, like, a lot of... I mean, he definitely used some magic and cast some spells, but it was kind of, let's just throw a pinch of magic in here to be fun without without trying to turn Wolverine into a magic book. Right. So, I, I, I think delight is the perfect term for that. I really like that he calls them the sass clones. I think that's pretty pretty perfect. Yeah, thanks, Dan. So we also have a message from Andrew. Let me pull it up real fast. We're all new. He, he's got comments for everything we talk about tonight. But for all new Wolverine number four, he says it's not possible for me to enjoy this series more than I am. I love the art. I love the writing. I love the characters. I love the story, and can't wait for Aunt Wolverine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Are you people smoking crack before you read these? <laughs> hey, I see the potential for Taylor to take this and just make a Wolverine story as fun as the Ant-Man movie. Okay, even the baby's like protesting right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he says, he goes on to say, if I was only reading one X-related book, this would be the one. And I got to say, that's true. If we had to pick out of all the X books, this has been the consistently best. Um, and he gave it six out of six jubilantly, ex- jubilantly, maybe extended claws. Andrew. Andrew. Yep, six out of six. Andrew. So before we give our grades, we're going to go one more. Uh, Fame has been uh, kind of following along with us in this series, in particular, and um, she sent me a tweet and said. And her Twitter is at really famous, but remember the the E is a three in really. And she said, I cannot handle all the goodness in this issue. I know I said this about the previous one, but there you go. And she didn't give her a rating, but I'm assuming it would be a five or six. All right. She also had a question about it, but let's give our ratings first. Okay. So we'll go. You're going to be the low one since this jumped the shark. Um, Yeah. We're we're only going to do two out of six. Two out of six. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to be very different. I'm going to give All New Wolverine number four six out of six claws. Oh my goodness. I love this issue. I thought it was so great. 
Because obviously everybody's like, this is awesome. Five out of six, six out of six. And I'm like, this is horrible. It's two out of six. (laughs) It just didn't hit you. And I think the last panel bothered you more than... Probably. Yeah, maybe it should have. But, you know, maybe you didn't really care for Doctor Strange either, which is fine. Maybe I need to go to therapy for the whole microverse. (laughs) You're having Paul Cornell flashbacks. Yes, I'm like, no, 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 no. Give this guy a try. Give Ta- Let's see what Taylor can do with it and judge him on his own. He's own, got one issue. Well, I, I don't think this this would go more than one issue. All right. Well, he's only got one more <laughs> before I jump the shark off the book. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, um, Fame also had a really interesting question. You know, one of the things that I've talked about with you and also, again, with, with Dan and Andrew, some, and even already some with Fame, is that one of the things I've also really enjoyed about Tom Taylor's take on this book and the character is kind of widening the scope of influence, per se, for Wolverine, that she's interacting with different characters in different ways than Wolverine did. Right. And I've really enjoyed that. And we've also had kind of different type characters in every issue. So Faye wanted to know, do you think her story would still be as strong without this encounter or possible future ones? And what she's talking about is the different guest appearances of kind of, I think, and I'm similar, similar situation, but that they've really made the book for her, right? Just a different coming across different characters and stuff. So I ask you, and if anybody else wants to answer this for next episode, feel free to send in your answers. But Denise, do you think, and this was just Laura just doing her thing would this book be as good as it is kind of seeing her interact with different characters that Wolverine doesn't normally run into as much? Well, I think what's interesting about it is hearing the other characters' takes on who she is and how different she is, but yet how similar she is to Wolverine. And I think you need that to help develop, especially she's taking over this sort of position. Right. And, it, and with any job, anytime you get promoted into a new spot, you're always like, okay, what did the person do before? Like, what were they like? How do they interact with you? It's part of just, that's human nature. What am I walking into? And so I think she needs that, but we need it more as the reader so we can help define who she is, how she acts, so that later on, maybe two, three years from now, if she's still, you know, Wolverine and we haven't brought him back to life, then we can, you know, we can look back and go, that is a very, you know, feminine Wolverine thing to say right? or do or whatever, just like we do now. I mean, think back to the, all the podcasts where we said, eh, Wolverine would have never said that or he would right. have never done that. And right now we're kind of grasping at straws as to what we think she would or would not do. So I think all these interactions help because we're seeing a different side of her. Well, we're seeing a different side of her. And as because of what's happened, because she is now actually Wolverine, because she's trying to kind of carry on the legacy. Um, I agree. I think the guests are, are fun and they're great for being fun. They also do kind of, by seeing her interaction with them, we get to find out more about who she is and who she's going to be. And so I have a couple of things. First of all, I think her by herself, this series would be a lot darker. Yes. As her kind of solo series have been before. 
I like that it's not. There, there's still plenty of dark stuff kind of bubbling under the surface right. of these stories, and that's great. But the, the series so far has also been really, really fun, which is not always. I mean, as much as I always love Wolverine, it, fun is not always the first word that, that has come to mind in his solo books. You know, gritty, sure, you know, you know, dark, violent, whatever, but the, these books are fun. And they still have grit and darkness and violence in certain pages and certain scenes. But I, yeah, I, I kind of, I think you're right, Denise. I think the, the guest spots, I think the series could still be great. I think Taylor could still write great things with just her. And it'd still be a good series. But I think it's enriched by all the guest characters. I agree. So, hope that answers your question, Fame. I know I already kind of tweeted you a mini response but that's kind of the full-blown answer so um well, anyway overall a very highly graded book not so much in one corner uh-huh. but that's okay that's why we have different opinions and that makes the show more interesting and I that get hate mail i can just see it now <laughs> <laughs> no 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 everyone understands you hate Doctor Strange and you hate Ant-Man. If you want to send me hate mail, just think of this before you hit send. I'm pregnant. <laughs> I have pregnancy hormones. True. And she might just eat your head. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. But anyway, that is uh, all new Wolverine number four. All right. Next up, we have X marks the spot. And we're going to talk about all new X-Men number three and extraordinary X-Men number five. All New X-Men number three is written by Dennis Hopeless, pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Andrew Hennessy, colors by Nolan Winard, letters by VC's Corey Pettit, and the art team does the cover. And on the cover, we have a bunch of Cyclopses shooting optic blast at the All New X-Men, and I think they blasted off Wolverine's leg. I think they did too. Yeah, her, her right leg is nowhere to be found. And Cyclops' left leg. Oh, t- together they could do one of those uh, bean- one of those bag races, sack races. Yeah, and Hank's uh, bent leg looks like it's been morphed out of proportions. Oh, he's oh, got... He's they're got, all missing a leg. Not Iceman. Angel's missing a leg. Angel is missing a leg. Iceman's not, and no. I- Ida's not. But... Uh, and Beast isn't. Yeah, but who is that? Uh, Boy Apocalypse? <laughs> I like that kid apocalypse. But I like boy apocalypse better. <laughs> He's missing a leg too. Yeah. It's just it's the team of missing legs. <laughs> yes. Well, they all got uh, optic blasted amputees. Anyway, it's, a, it's an okay cover. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, whatever. Um, so remember, we're, uh, we're trying to fight the ghost of Cyclops. I love that this book opens up with a Wolverine reference. Oh, can I sum- can I summarize? The whole book. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so here's the synopsis of the whole book. Y'all ready? According to pregnant Denise. According to pregnant me. The same me who would edit Lord of the Rings down to an hour and a half. (laughs) And we're talking all three of them. (laughs) Wow. So, as you know... I do not endorse that statement. (laughs) As you know, young Cyclops has been thrown in jail and the uh, ghost... Jail bait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The uh, ghost... Of a po- uh, Cyclops, people have broken into the jail to break him free, but he doesn't want to be free. So the whole point of this book is the ghost of Cyclops. People going, "Wah, you're being a baby. We're gonna do what we want." 
And Cyclops going, yeah, you do that. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to do anything. Well, we could take you out with one blast of my mouth, but I'm not really going to do it because I'm a chicken. And they go back and forth for Who several. you calling chicken? <laughs> yeah. They go back and forth till the military comes in and then they decide we're taking them out. And then, of course, the military has them surrounded. They're ready to shoot to kill. The X-Men show up, and then young Cyclops shows up with his little LeVar Burton band. <laughs> Whatever that's what? called. His little band that goes around his eyes. Yes, his uh, visor. His visor. He now has his visor because he got bamfed in, and he goes, No, no one's going to do anything. You know why? Because I'm young Cyclops, and we're going to do things differently. We've all been afraid, but now it's time not to be afraid. And somehow everyone magically says, Okay, because he calls everyone, we're just dumb kids. That's all we are. And then they go get the truck out of the, the van, out of the tow, and then they leave. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not too far off. A couple of other things I'd like to mention. Go um, for it. <laughs> like I said, the beginning of the book starts with a Logan reference where Idy and Evan finish one of his quotes. Where they're like, Logan used to say there's only two ways to capture a bamp chocolate or whiskey and the filthy little gremlins aren't getting any whiskey i remember that from wolverine and the x-men yes. so yeah so i actually really enjoyed hopeless's kind of depiction of uh, the ghost of cyclops because they kind of realize they're in way over their head like, except they, they, one of them yeah but they busted in and they're like okay now what because <laughs> they're idiots they're idiots right and like, I don't really, and like some of them were talking about how they have hostages for leverage and some of the other ones are like, hostages? Whoa, I didn't sign up for this. So I kind of like that they are just dumb kids. Yeah. And they're written like dumb kids. And a Cyclops may be a hair passive, but, you know, there's also the scene I really like where Wolverine's like, Hank, I can get in there quietly, handle this solo. Yeah. Like basically, I just cut them all up. Yeah. <laughs> It's very Wolverine-ish. Right. And Beast is like, I'm sure you could, but us not just yet. <laughs> yeah, so Cyclops keeps trying to tell them that, like, you keep this up, like, the only way this ends is, is with the cops. You in a body bag. Yeah. And, you know, you need to you need to turn yourselves in. Let's not start a war. And they're like, whatever. Whatevs. And then the X-Men charge in. They're like, we're going to handle this. And they start fighting the ghost of Cyclops. They take him out. I like that, um, oh, where is it? One of the girls and Evan are like, um, so is it cool if we just kind of sit over here and watch the fight? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. So they do. They get surrounded. The cops come in and, and Cyclops blasts in with an optic blast and gives a speech, even though he talks about hating speeches. But he says, you know, I don't, I think, I don't think they get off because he says, we're just dumb kids, oh, neo, neo. But then he's like, you know, we're make, we made mistakes. But realize that if you punish us right now for these mistakes with death, like, are we, cra- have we done so much that it's worth starting a war over? But I, I think it's arrogant how powerful he thinks he is. If you kill us, you're going to start a war. Um, okay. Well, I mean... The setup in the Marvel Universe right now is we're back in a place where mutants are very much feared and very much hated, which we'll actually see that expression again when we talk about Extraordinary X-Men. But um, he goes, 
You know, as for me, I'm done hiding out. No more pretending I'm not me. Cyclops has been a dirty word for too long. Time to win it back. I don't know if, if these kids will learn from their mistakes or not, but we should give them a chance. If you mow us down on live TV, like the delicate balance of, of what's going on with mutants right now, like there's going to be kickback for that. See, I don't think there is a delicate balance. And I guess that's, that's the what they've tried to set up in, in this book and in Extraordinary X-Men. That whenever I don't think they did. I don't think they set it up well because all the X-Men are hiding. I mean, they made a point when they went to Austin you know, Bobby's like, Austin's weird, so I don't have to hide. Like, if you're hiding, you're not going to retaliate. Like, if I was in hiding for being a mutant and saw on TV, the army just killed a bunch of mutants, no way am I going to start going, muty, muty, right here. Ha, paint a target on me. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think, I don't know. I, I think if there's this group of the Ghost of Cyclops, the best thing you can do to get them more followers is to kill them. Right now, they're just dumb kids that no one's paying attention to. But if you shoot them on live TV, then suddenly they're a symbol. And I think people would retaliate. And if nothing else, even though this all-new team may not know about the current uncanny team, if the cops shoot these kids on TV, Magneto and his team are coming after them. Mm-hmm. I guess I just don't agree. But. Okay. This is the episode where I don't agree with anything you say. That's okay. I don't agree with anything you say either. (laughs) The beginning of the end, ladies and gentlemen. The podcast of tumultuous. But see, here's why. Nobody likes Cyclops. That's part of the reason why young Cyclops went into hiding. Is because nobody likes him because of what he did. Right. Whenever that was. Yeah. Okay. You have this group that's all, we're the ghost of Cyclops. Yeah, if nobody liked him to begin with, I can just see him going, mm-hmm, got what they deserved. <laughs> well, yeah, the the media probably would for sure. But um, then we end up with uh, Scott thanking his teammates for, for coming to get him, even though he told him not to and that, that he was in a dark place and they helped pull him out. And then we end with Toad at a bar, really pissed off. And I really like kind of the... Um, the modern twist on one of his classic costumes. Uh, it's kind of turned into a hoodie, but it still has kind of the weird like little flower thing he used to wear around his neck. So I thought that was a nice touch. That was actually probably my favorite, artistically my favorite page of the book. Okay. So anyway, uh, before we talk about what we thought of the art and the story, let's hear what Andrew had to say about all new X-Men number three. He says, the overall sense of fun continues in issue three, and it serves to complete the first arc of bringing the team together and defining what place they are going to have amongst the X-Books. Not Bagley's best work, but the art was adequate, and I am interested in seeing Scott continue down this path of defining himself apart from the ghost of his predecessor. While I didn't love this issue, I'm definitely interested to see where this this lighter side of the X-Men goes. Four adamantium claws out of six. Wow. Alright, so what do you think of the art? I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay, too. I'm, Bagley's not really killing it on this book, I don't think. And part of the issue, and not to pick on Woodard, because remember, uh, he was nominated for a Wolvie for some of his work on um, Extinction Agenda, but I, I, the colors aren't right in this book no. to me. They don't fit. I don't feel like they make it too cartoony. And yeah. Maybe that's what they're going for. It could be. 
uh, I will say maybe the exception, the page where they, the kids come out of jail, which is one of my favorite pages, because they're all like, oh, we're just going to go, we're going to take the cops down, whatever. And they open the door, and there's all these like police cars and guns and helicopters, and they immediately go back inside and slam the door. Yeah. But the, that that's double-page spread, the art and the colors, like, I actually really love that page. Yes, I agree. So there's some highlights, but overall, it's just not... It just doesn't feel like it's gelling. No. Um, visually for me in this book. Everyone's costumes are terrible. That's maybe part of it. The clothes that the ghosts and cyclops are wearing are, are awful. They're very 90s. In comic book 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I am really interested, like Andrew, going to the story with Cyclops' journey and how he's reacting to everything. That is by far kind of the highlight of this book for me. And we had a couple of good Wolverine moments, but the Cyclops is why I'm still reading this. Um, what do you think of the story overall? Okay. <laughs> well, when are you going to grade all new X-Men number three? I, I didn't dig the art. I didn't dig the story. I was very flustered with the book itself. In fact, I think I got about halfway through it and was like, is it over yet? Um, so unfortunately it is only going to get two out of six. Okay. Another two for Denise. And you're not, you're not getting the fun out of this and Andrew and some of the other listeners are. No, I was so frustrated with the back and forth between Cyclops and Thirst. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. That I literally almost, I mentally almost said I need to stop reading this and read something else and come back to it because I knew I disliked it so much that whatever the end came, whether it was good or not, I wasn't going to like it. And I did. I put the iPad down for a second and took a little breather and then came back to it and still was like, nope, still bad. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to be more in line with Andrew on this one. I, I agree that the kids are kind of annoying, but I felt like they were intentionally annoying. So I, I actually enjoyed the story. I didn't really care for the art as much. And all that's going to kind of average out. I kind of waffle between a three and a four. Um, I'm going to go with all new X-Men number three. I'm going to end up going with um, an indecisive. Three, three, three. Right, you want me to bridge the gap between y'all? I want you to give something lower than a four to make me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the art just knocks it. No, I'm going to go four. Four out of six claws. I enjoy, I'm really enjoying what Cyclops is doing in this book. Okay. And that's enough to keep me going. I'm glad it is. And it is lighthearted and that's fine too. So moving on to Extraordinary X-Men number five, which I have not done it yet as of the time of this recording. I do owe the guys at Intercomics Podcast a review for this, and I'll get that, and hopefully by the time this goes up, I can put a link in the show notes. But um, this is written by Jeff Lemire, with pencils by Umberto Ramos, inks by Victor Olazaba, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. On the cover by Ramos and Delgado, we have a Cyclops monster, which actually, if... You had taken the, so around the bottom, we have a bunch of X-Men floating heads, which don't look good. The Cyclops monster part looks kind of fine, and I don't really know if I'm that excited about what it is, but 
it looks like a monster. It looks kind of cool. Uh, the heads, I'm just not digging. I'm not enjoying I wanna, it. I want to point out, I really hate uh, Ramos's, Ramos's um, Iceman sunglasses. They're horrid. They're terrible. They're like uh, the Bono fly shades on steroids. They're, yeah. They're, they're gross. They're Iceman trying to be cool. Oh, cool as ice. Cool as ice. Cool as ice, starring Vanilla Ice. Oh, gross. (laughs) So anyway, remember we left off. The extraordinary X-Men have hunted down Mr. Sinister, and he's combining mutant and inhuman DNA. And we have a baby Cyclops that's going to be the monster. It turns out that's really all it is. It's just a monster. And so Wolverine, or Old Man Logan, is like, well, no brain, no mind, a mindless monster, good enough for me. Pops his claws with a snit and goes after it. And for his trouble, he gets optic blasted through the street. They're underground, and he goes through the pavement. Thought that was a little much. That was more than a little much. Yeah. And then, of course, I guess this optic blast is a little more fiery than usual because he's all burnt up and charred. Yeah. And the X-Men decide to attack Monster Frankenstein Cyclops, Frankenclops. And when he gets attacked, the inhuman DNA completely takes over the body. Sinister's like, oh, yeah, as I mentioned, this is just a clone. And which, by the way, I called. Yes, you did. And then he decides, you know what? This proves this proves that even on a genetic level, the inhumans are better than the mutants. And I'm not going to try to save y'all after all. I just want to know what's up with all the girls' hair and Sinister's like hair-like robe. Yeah, it's more feathery than usual. Maybe, well, that, maybe that's in tribute to David Bowie as well. Maybe, but look at Storm on the... Oh, you should hear what Andrew has to say about Storm. Yeah, her mohawk is nuts. And Jean's hair's... Jean's terrible every time he draws her. So Cyclops breaks... Or not Cyclops. Colossus breaks Mr. Sinister's back in human form, by the way. Not the last time we hear a complaint about that this episode. But he says he's going to stay with Ileana. The rest of the X-Men have to go stop the crazy beast, the Cyclops... Inhuman DNA monster. There's a guy trapped under a bus, so Iceman saves him. Mr. Sinister puts his head on a robot body, and Colossus says, No matter what body, I'll still kill you. Gene and Wolverine are. I'm going to have to break myself of that habit. We already have a Wolverine. Gene and Old Man Logan have some more icky bonding. And, really uh, <laughs> icky. Like, made my skin crawl yeah. icky. And Cycl- or Iceman is trying to lift the bus, he can't. So he creates an ice monster to do it, which I really like that use of his power. It turns out the kid's not a kid. He's an inhuman um, who I am going to affectionately call Godzilla Pants. (laughs) He's human from the waist up and from the waist down, he's Godzilla. He's a a dinosaur wizard guy. And so I got to ask you, Denise, what do you think? I have the feeling based on this interplay in the conversation that uh, Iceman and Godzilla Pants are going to be a thing. I didn't even think about that. I'm I'm pretty sure they they will be. Well, Iceman does have sort of Godzilla-like hair right now. <laughs> they could give each other pointers. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, just keep a lookout for that, listeners. So Storm and Old Man Logan fight the monster. I actually kind of like this where Wolver- uh, Old Man Logan uh, snicks him through the chest and the optic blasts are not confined to the eyes. 
So, like, the hole in his body now that Logan gave him, like, three optic blasts shoot out of his chest and shoot Logan. Well, and you also have to remember, Sinister said he... It, He's Cyclops DNA meshed with inhuman DNA. So there's right. no telling like yeah. what could happen. I just thought it was a cool touch. It is a cool touch. Yeah. So Colossus and Sinister wrestle some more magic beheads them. Gene and Storm throw the Cyclops monster into the sky where it blows up because it can't handle itself. Um, we get a terrible panel of magic. Okay. Um, I with with really big gorilla toes. I was going to say, she's got like beast feet. Yeah. Now, what, here's the thing. I get there is a thing where you, when you draw someone, you elongate them. Like, you kind of distort their own proportions. Well, and Ramos especially. That's his style. Yes. But he doesn't do it to everyone in this book. And then every once in a while, he has the over. And no, she's like nine feet tall. Yeah. And her abdomen is like, you know, 24 inches <laughs> She could get pregnant and never look pregnant because there's so much room for the baby in there. Right. You can grow a whole person in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm just not digging it. Yeah, me neither. So they rescue Nightcrawler, who's still kind of jittery and on edge. And, and you know, I'm a little worried about Nightcrawler. Why? Well, because something's obviously wrong with him. Right? Right. And the symptom of whatever's wrong is that he's, like, overly quoting, like, either Bible verses or, like, church speak. Okay. I'm a f- I just hope, I don't need, I don't want him to stay like this. I don't want, I I enjoy Nightcrawler's faith. I don't need him to be a preacher, you know. Right. I, I'm worried that, that whatever they do to fix him, if they take away his faith altogether, that's going to bother me. Because it's part yeah. of his character. Like, I don't, he can, he, there's been plenty of times where he's really doubted it and struggled with it, and that's, Makes for really good stories, but I just hope there's not a fundamental change coming. No, if they're yeah, I'm I'm with you. If they take that away, that's. I mean, he's he's the man with the face of a demon and the heart of an angel. Like that's that's who he is. That's right. who he needs to to be always. Right. Anyway, um, I like that old man Logan calls Iceman Ice Pick, and the storm asks for an ice platform. She's not getting on her soapbox, but she's getting on her ice box. Oh. And she gives a big speech about how the X-Men are here to protect everybody. They've been hiding. They're not going to hide anymore. And that she's going to protect everyone, mutants and humans alike. Any mutants that want to come to X-Haven are welcome. You mean X-Haven that's in purgatory? Limbo, yeah. Yeah. But while we protect the humans, we will also stand up for ourselves. If you hunt us down, we got your number. We're going to hide. Well, she actually says something different. It's a little bit different for the official X-Men stance of the past, she doesn't just say, we'll stand up for ourselves. She says, we'll retaliate. Hmm. Fine line, but definitely different. And she sees her little mirage of Professor X has been following her around in the crowd. They basically just say, you know what? This is just who we are. And they, they teleport back home. There's some funny kind of like, oh, ha-ha, we're back home in the school. And old man Logan's like, I can't go in there. I actually kind of like this conversation. I don't really necessarily like the last panel. Um, uh, but Gene's like, you know what? You don't, you don't want to go in there because you don't want to repeat the future. Yeah, but the okay? future's already changed. But the future, not only that, but I've already avoided, to some degree, though I don't know if Shirley has yet, but, um, you know, her destiny. So you can do it, too. And we'll do it together. And then they hold hands. 
an old wrinkly Wolverine Logan with no shirt and a teenage jean. Holding hands, walking around. Nothing creepy about that at all. <laughs> no. Daddy issues. Yeah. You know, they could clean this up and make it kind of a grandfather-granddaughter relationship, but nothing about it has been that way so far. No. It's been a bunch of, like, almost creepy... Anna Nicole Smith type? Yeah. I don't know. Like, one easy way to fix this panel... They're holding hands, fine. Grandpas and grandkids hold hands, no big deal. But he has no shirt on. <laughs> it would have actually been better if she just put her hand like on his shoulder. Right. Like or we're gonna said, do it together. I'm not touching your old man body. Yeah. <laughs> like a normal teenage girl would. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's see what Andrew has to say about this one. Yeah, <laughs> she has a lot. Extraordinary X Men number five. This series is quite the roller coaster, but unfortunately not in a thrilling way. Its peaks and valleys are following the extreme ups and downs of the artwork from issue to issue, and this one was in the valley. While there are several really great panels or pages mixed in, overall I thought this issue was a mess. Perhaps since the story revolved around the combining of mutant and inhuman DNA, Ramos felt it was a good time to mix Storm and Medusa visually. <laughs> Her mohawk grew several feet since the last issue, and in some cases was a good five to six feet in length. She looked, this is my, my phrase of the year for 2016 so far, she looked like a manga unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> there were plenty of other problems with this issue, including things like Peter punch-snapping Sinister's back while still in human form, which didn't seem sensical to me. Despite the general negativity in this review, I'm still intrigued by the overall story and want to see where it goes. I didn't hate it, but can't go over three ugly late 90s bone claws for this one. Okay. All right, so what did you think of the art, Denise? Uh, um, I felt like the art was middle of the road. There were, there were panels that I enjoyed, and then there were panels that I just thought were stupid. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, I'm, but I'm not a big fan of the disproportionate characters. I thought the colors were okay. I like the colors a lot. The colors yeah. are the highlight for me in this yeah. book, for sure. But the story was horrible. Really? I, I, horrible? Well, and they had the Wolverine gene weirdness interjected in there. And yeah. it, and I just have this creepy feeling they're not going to make it a grandfather-granddaughter kind of a thing. And that's just going to wig me out even more. And then I'm going to hate old man Logan because he's a dirty old man Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's There was nothing in this book. And yeah, I literally went after I read it. I had to go, do I not like it because I didn't like the other two? <laughs> or do I really not like it because I don't like it? And I thought about it for a second and I thought, no, I really don't like it. I just, I couldn't wait for it to be over. I, yeah. My highlight artistically and probably story-wise was Iceman saving Godzilla pants. I thought the panels of him like making the ice creature looked really good, even with the stupid goggles and really the suit that is is growing off of me. <laughs> well, and I liked how after he created this little ice beast and thought, wow, like he was impressed with himself, but I love the little drips of sweat. Like, yeah, like icy sweat dripping off of him, like he's almost melting a little bit. Yeah, like it took a lot out of him to do this, and, and I like that, that... 
you know, he pushed himself and there, there was a slight consequence. Right. But I also really like Bobby in that sequence because, I mean, he's a jokester, right? Right. And he even jokes a little bit like he always does when he's in trouble. He's like, who needs super strength, right? And he looks up and sees Godzilla pants and Godzilla pants is like, I'm, I'm an inhuman. And Iceman immediately says, can you stand? Are you okay? And the kid's like, yeah, I think so. I didn't want to say, didn't think you'd help. You know, like he recognizes, hey, mutants and humans not getting along right now. Right. I was afraid if I told you who I was, you wouldn't, you'd, you'd just, just leave, leave me. me here. And Iceman says one of the best lines for, as an X-Men fan, I just really, really love this. He goes, of course I would have, I'm an X-Man. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, we're here to save people. Even in kind of, kind of a, foreshadow of Storm's speech where she's like you may fear and hate us but we're still protecting you too right so that part some of the dialogue beats I liked I thought the rest was very middle of the road as well so I'm actually going to agree with Andrew on all of these books and we're going to have the same grade I'm going to give Extraordinary X-Men number five three out of six claws and what are you going to give it hmm can you guess you're going to stay with twos aren't you I am all right straight twos Straight a Wolverine deuces. flush. <laughs> flush it. Yep. Cool. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is X marks the spot. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Covered the first half of January 2016. Woohoo! Our first new episode of the year. That's not a flashback. Flashback. Speaking of flashbacks, that'll be what's next. Um, we'll have a special guest. Uh, Dan should be back on to talk about X-Men versus Avengers. Ooh. Yeah, the old 1987 miniseries. Not to be confused with Avengers versus X-Men from a few years ago. Right. Yeah. But um, anyway, that'll be really fun. Hope you enjoyed this episode with uh, Grumpy Denise. <laughs> Not grumpy. <laughs> yes. But no, I, I enjoy, I, I actually think it's better when we're not totally Insane. in line all the time. Is it, do we make for better banter? Bantor. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh that's an episode. That's a wrap. So um as usual, like the Facebook page, Twitter is at Snickcast, email us snickcast at yahoo dot com. Yeah, send all your hate mail to the email address. <laughs> Show notes and such are on us snickcast dot podbean dot com and I hope everyone is having a good start to the year. Until next time, hugs Hugs and and snakes. Bye. And snacked.